second stamp. No, it's not. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is the Marking Out Boys. My name is Jordan. Alongside me, always my compadre, my best friend, my tag team partner, the other half of the Marking Out Boys, Tevin. How are you doing? Tracking you Whew, man. I'm ready to cancel 2020 already. Like, reset just, fucking, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for 2021 already. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and our guest today is none other than indie professional wrestler, one of my favorite guys, a a a Brandon Wiley. What's going What's on, B White? How you doing? What's up, fellas? How you doing? Tired, frustrated, thirsty. All that, and, and, and hot, and hot, and hot. It's, it's, it's hot out <laughs> here in these streets, man. Oh my god, man! So I be trying, I be trying to tell folks it's getting hot out here. Go to my website and get them tank tops. Hey, I need to go look. Thank you for reminding me. I need to go look and see if you got something my size because I low key want one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so what we're doing today? Ladies and gentlemen, this is something new that Tevin and I came up with. We've been wanting to uh, expand our platform and give uh, wrestlers, specifically black wrestlers, a chance to talk and express themselves and 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 just get shit off of their chest. We just didn't know how to do it. Unfortunately, everyone knows uh, about the recent murder of George Floyd up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And so Tevin and I sat down and talked about it and it just, it, it felt like there was no better time than now to start getting you guys on and, and start talking about this stuff and all the craziness that's surrounding black people right now. Is, and, and, you know, a, a lot of people for one reason or another, tend to not look at wrestlers as people, I guess, in general. Somewhat like celebrities, they, you know, they they feel like they can't be touched or affected. And when Tevin and I decided to start this, Brandon was the first person that we said. Like, I asked Tevin, who do we want on this show? And the first person he said was Brandon. That guy. Because Brandon has been one of the most vocal wrestlers about all this he he's been one of the few vocal outspoken wrestlers on black lives matter george floyd and the whole situation so brandon i'm not gonna say no more uh tevin mm -hmm. if you got something to say you absolutely can but other than that the floor is yours man just you know speak your mind say what you want to say man what's what's crazy is is um this i'm i'm guessing this was the last straw because now everybody's went ape shit protesting destroying shit all that good shit and i'm all for it and most people most well people that don't look at it from our perspective they just look at it as we just overreacting and we just going crazy over one situation like no this has been going on for years on top of years on top of years 
on top of years, like, Jesus Christ, like, when are black people ever going to catch a break? Like, have our answers, out of all the shit our answers is that to deal with, we got to deal with this shit, too? And what doesn't make any sense is we don't got to a point where there's white people arguing with other white people on why black lives matter the thing. That, that should let this whole country know we have a problem. We have got to a point where white people are arguing with other white people on why black lives matter is a thing. And all these all lives matter folks, they just want to just ignore it. Some they genuinely they genuinely didn't understand it until you actually got to talk to them. And at first, I was like, Black Lives Matter been a thing for like seven years. Like, how are you this late? But maybe they were just too embarrassed to ask, which is understandable. And for the people that was too embarrassed to ask, I just told everybody, take three to five minutes of your time and Google it. It's on Google. The power of the internet. You can use that. So if you're too embarrassed to ask, just pick up a phone, tablet, laptop, desktop, go to Google, type in Black Lives Matter. What does it mean? And it'll tell you. It will tell you. And then I really got frustrated when I would tell people, just go Google it. And they respond back in two seconds. Literally, as soon as I hit send, they have already responded. I understand, but no, you don't. You didn't even try to understand. You didn't even try to understand. I'm not even trying to argue with you. I'm trying to educate you and help you understand the situation. But a lot of these people, instead of them getting a instead of them trying to understand where we're coming from they just want to respond they don't want to understand they just want to respond and the thing is if all lives matter if all lives really matter why do they only scream it when somebody says black lives matter i mean where was all lives matter at when um when they decide to go and kill them folks in iraq where was they at then i mean where was they at then People get killed all over the world. You don't hear all lives matter then. But then when black people get sick and tired of the bullshit and we want to take a stand, here come them folks, them good folks. They want to come with a response, a bullshit response. And they have yet to just sit back and think we're arguing with our own people about another race. Hmm. Maybe we do have a problem. I don't I don't understand most people's mindsets when instead of just sitting back and trying to understand where we coming from and all the other races that's like standing with us, why not just understand that? Why you gotta respond with something else like black on black crimes or white people get killed too? Okay, well white people get killed by the police too. If that is not justified. You can protest too. And guess what? When you protest, guess who's going to be right beside you? We are, because we tired of that shit too. So, literally, the country as a whole can benefit 
if police brutality just stopped. And before people go, well, all cops aren't bad. You're right. They're not bad. All cops aren't bad. I have an uncle that's a police officer. I have a classmate that's a police officer. My grandfather, who meant the world to me before he died back in 1999, he was a detective. So I have all the respect in the world for police, just not the bad ones. And I was blessed enough not to have no type of altercation, no, no any negative altercation with the police. Anytime I got approached by a cop, it's because I was speeding. And it's a blessing that I just got out of there with just the ticket. That's it. But everybody can't say that. Because some people, some people get short end of the stick. It could be wrong place, wrong time, racial profiling. No matter what the situation is, somebody that looks like me might just end up on the news because they got killed by a cop, sometimes for no reason. Like, um, what's what was that young lady's name? Brianna Taylor, that got mm -hmm. killed in her mm -hmm. own house. How do you, yeah. oh, how do you justify that? How do you justify that? You got killed in your sleep by a cop. How is that justified? That that's was that that case in particular is one that gives me a headache because I mean they they entered the wrong home the story as I understand it the police officers entered the wrong home they were entering for somebody else who was already in police custody so to enter the home and then like I said as I understand it her boyfriend woke up I'm assuming he he was a legal gun owner, whatever the case may be. You busting in his house, he don't in the middle of the night. He don't know who you are. You know what I mean? So right. to my knowledge, he shot at them and then they shot back. But how where where is the justification? Because you were in the wrong house anyway. You were looking for somebody who was already in police custody anyway. So you, you have a situation like that. And then with George Floyd's situation where it's now come out that he and the cop allegedly knew each other and they've known each other for a while or they used to work together. Um, it's, it throws me for a loop because it feels like a lot of people intentionally don't want to know. Like they don't, they're just set on not seeing it. You know what I mean? Because they just don't want to see That's it. That's how I feel too. Yeah. And I I stopped talking to people a long time ago about it. Like I, I stopped trying to make sense of it when uh, Kendrick Johnson over in Georgia, when he died, this was some years ago now, but they found his body wrapped up in a wrestling mat at his high school. His organs had been removed. After the autopsy, they removed his organs during the autopsy. And yeah, I was confused on that too. Yeah, like uh, that, that for me, I think was my last straw with all of it, like trying to explain to people, hey, something's not right. You know what I mean? And 
as a black man, you I don't understand how there are people in this world who can look at a black man and say your feelings about police brutality are hey, not. Hold valid. on, Jordan. I think my uh my sound went out. Testing one two. We can, can hear, hear you. Me? You good? I can't hear y'all. Man, what just happened? Oh well. Technical difficulties. We'll bring we'll it back, back in here though. Um but yeah, just Okay, you good? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Um, yeah, I just I, I don't understand how you can intentionally avoid looking at somebody and and hearing what their experience is. You know what I mean? I don't understand why you would want to. Why why would you want to tell somebody your experience is invalid? Because I've never experienced that. We're two totally different people. And if you can't if you can't look at and it's not just George Floyd, it's not just Breonna Taylor, it's it Taylor, it's uh uh, uh Aubrey, it's you know it's it's Tamir Rice, it's Kendrick Johnson, it's Sandra Bland, it's that there's a clear pattern at this point that police look at us and treat us differently and a lot of people are more angry with the reaction to it than they are the actual murder and that's the part that confuses me so bad yeah how can you be how can you be angry at us being angry but you don't have a care in the world about the fact that there's video of a police officer driving his knee into the neck of someone who is telling you, I cannot breathe. Obviously, there's a lot of lack of compassion, a lack of understanding from a lot of people. But I do have a question for Brandon. Since I feel like 2020 is, you know, the year of showing true colors. Um, during all this this craziness that's going on, are you surprised that you've seen a lot of true colors from people with either in the business or celebrities around the world? Like, what is your take on it? Um, I wasn't surprised. I was surprised by a few people that that have met me when I first got in. Mm-hmm. Cause the people, cause those are the people they claim they're not racist, but they they keep deflecting the issue. They keep deflecting yeah. the issue. It 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 doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like as far as like on my news feed on like Facebook and Twitter, like I haven't I haven't seen somebody straight up come out and be racist. 
like straight up, like how other people have on other people's news feed, like how Cassie Keith and all the other folks is like experiencing, and then they post it. I haven't seen that or experienced that on my news feed yet. It's just from from every from everybody else, like on this side over here. It's just it's either they don't understand or they don't want to understand, and. I was surprised by the people that just didn't understand what what was the meaning behind the Black Lives Matter movement. But I was more frustrated than surprised for the people that just refused to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm it's, guessing I'm guessing that, Tevin is dealing with the same thing that I Yeah, I, I just I just got it. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I figured you probably had that kind of issue too. It's 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 crazy. It's it's crazy to me. I haven't had anybody be just overtly racist either. But I've also noticed that a lot of people are kind of towing that line. They it's almost like they want to say something but they're afraid of how it's going to be taken or they're afraid of, you know, what's going to be said back to them. And I, me personally, I'm the kind of person say what you feel and I'll react accordingly. You know what I mean? So if you, if you want to just say what you feel and if I don't want to deal with it, I'll just delete you and I'll keep going. I'm not going back and forth with anybody. I'm not going to have an argument with anybody. I'm not going to. I'm, I'm not in the business of teaching adults how to do anything. Like Brandon said earlier, Google is your friend. It's right there in at least three devices in front of you. So at this point, for me personally, it it has become. If you don't see it, it's because you don't want to see it. It's because you're actively avoiding seeing the problem, which in turn creates a bigger problem. You know what I mean? Like I I I posted on my Facebook a couple of days ago that a lot of people are saying I have seen a lot of people saying, Well, I don't see color. That's a problem. Yeah. Because racist people see color. That's all they see. Right. So for you to not see my color, that means that you're you're avoiding my experiences in this country because while not all of my experiences are tied to me being black, me being black is going to be tied to everything that I do because I am black. Tevin and I have openly discussed how we have gone to some shows and we have been the only black people in the building. And that's not even like, that's not even just fans, fans, workers, people working the show as far as like concessions and whatnot. Tevin and I have been the only black people in the entire building. I can relate. I can relate to that. That like, that's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that in, 2019, 2020, any of us 
And I'm sure we all know, like we we all have friends who can say, yeah, I know that. I, I know that feeling too of walking into a locker room and being the only black person in the locker room. Like it's crazy. Like it's it's so crazy to think about that. And it's it's small stuff like that that while it may not be considered racist to not have any black people on a wrestling card, my my thing with wrestling in particular is how do you not have black people on your card? Right. At this point, how do you not, or how do you only have one black person on your card when there are countless amounts of black talent right here in the Southeast willing to come to the show, willing to work the show but you only book one black person, this is, it's not. And I, Hey, I ain't no booker. I ain't no promoter. I ain't trying to tell nobody how to do that shit. When we, when, when wrestling kicks back up, but I openly said the marking out boys are paying attention. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because we have to, at this point, we have to pay attention and look at these shows that, only have one black talent or no black talent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so is that going forward, Brandon, is that something that you're looking at? Are you when someone wants to book you, are you are you do you care at all if they have other black talent or if they've had black talent, if they like are is that something that you're looking at now? Well, yeah, well, see, that was something that I've been looking at since um, since day one, because at one point in time, it wasn't enough black talent out there. But let's see, I started training in like late 2014. So by the time I started getting out in 2016, that's when I seen like a bunch of black talent was in one area, but not another area. And at the same time, that made fans feel awkward, too, because they're what was it? There's been times where I've been like the only black person on the car or it'll be like a single or it'll be like three of us and only one of us was only promoted. And all of a sudden they see another black face and they're shot like who was this person and where did they come from? Like um, for example um, I went to this one show in Mississippi and I had to work uh Sean Christopher. And he brought his friends, um, Jax, before he got that back injury. And um, he's Kalen J now, but he was trickster at the time. So they had my name on the card, but not the face. So they had – it was only like five, six matches. They had every match on there. But the only face they had was this dude that was known as the Junkyard Doll son. So – we get there, so everybody knew who that other dude was, and he wrestled like later on throughout the night. But when my match came around, which was match three, and they seen me come out the hill locker room, they was instantly confused. Mind you, most of this crowd was black. This is the first and only time that I performed in a predominant black audience. They was instantly confused because they was like, "There's another black wrestler here. We didn't notice." And at the time, I was working SCPW, and I was your champion. So I walked in that place with a championship. So they're like, 
black dude, champion, heel. We don't know what to do here. And the part of the crowd, that's a wrestling crowd. So, of course, they boo like how they are supposed to, but they you could tell they really didn't want to. Right. And then the rest of the audience, they were just confused. They were just confused on how to react. They just felt awkward. They's like, we knew of one black dude, but we had no clue about this dude. And then Sean comes out, and we wrestle, and they're blown away. So anytime I go to an event, and it's only my name, but you don't see my face, it's that same reaction. That same reaction is, hey, um, they got they got another black dude here. Oh God, he does martial arts. Okay, that's scary. Oh God, he does flips. Isn't he kind of big to be doing that? So, so after that, that's when I've been like picking and choosing where I was gonna go. Cause at first I was just trying to go everywhere just to just get fans to see me and get them invested and see what I can do. But after about a year or so, that's when I started. Nah, I need to go to more places where there's more brothers at. Right. Is it is it is it diff is it more difficult for you to to do that to be choosy or are you finding it actually easier on for you to do that? It's it's still difficult because there's a lot of shows I don't know about. And like I'll be trying to expand areas. And most of the time it'll just so happen, okay, I'm gonna go to this new show. And then it's like the same deal. It's probably like one other black person, and I'm the second or the third. Or it might be a mixture, depending on depending on the area and where I go. I don't I don't think. Tevin, you can correct me, obviously. I don't think we've ever been to a show where there have been more than maybe, maybe New South, probably a New South show, where there have been more than three black wrestlers on the card. Now you might be right on that. I think New South might be the only one. Rocket City might have had one that, that we went to, but... For the most part, and we've been going to in, indie wrestling shows in particular since what late 2018. Yeah, and it's 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 this weird thing because you don't want to seem like that person. You know what I mean? Like right. you don't want to seem like that those guys who bring it up, but we've had to bring it up before. You know what I mean? That we it's it's cool but you it's it's there are a lot of great wrestlers out there mm -hmm. but it's uncomfortable for us as fans to go to a show and you can't help that there are no black fans in the audience that's just you know what i mean if black if they ain't gonna come they ain't gonna come right but you can help having black talent on your car and I've told Tevin a couple of times that I think if some of these promoters just brought in more black talent and promoted that black talent for right. the show, black fans will want to come. Because we, we've all been to WWE events 
locally whenever they're, you know, in Huntsville or in Birmingham or wherever, there are black wrestling fans around. It's not like there are none. So to go to an indie show and you're the only black fans in there, it's like, okay, that's wow. That's wild. But at the same time, I get it because there's only two black wrestlers on this card. And one of them, we may not even know. Because like you said, their name was on the card, but maybe their picture's not on the card. There there have been times where Tevin and I have been sitting there and a black dude walked in. We'd be like, oh, okay. All right. right. We, can get with right. This. <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can get a little more. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we knew Brandon was going to be here. And we was excited to see Brandon. Oh, but this other black dude? Oh, bet. Okay. You got two black people? Cool. You know what I mean? But it's... Right. I don't I don't I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's enough at all. I don't think it's enough either. Now some promoters, it's not their fault because um some shows are smaller than others. Yeah. Like some shows, they just gotta just take what they can get. Like once upon a time when I first started going to Pro South, a lot of people didn't want to come to Pro South. And the Havens. They're big on diversity. You know, they're big on black talent, Hispanic talent, and trying to kind of like how Paul Heyman was bringing in all his different talent in ECW in the 90s. The Havens are big on that. And at one point in time, a lot of people didn't want to come to Pro South. Like, I don't know what's going on nowadays, but because it's a lot of people with some value behind their name that's coming in now, like Joe Black and Jeter, Will Huckabee. Right. And all these other people. But once upon a time, a lot of these people didn't want to come to Pro South. And there's shows that's like Pro South. They want these diversity, these diverse rosters, but they can't get them. But then you got other shows that do have a choice and then they choose not to. I'm not going to say this promoter's name, but once upon a time, there was a show in my hometown and it was only like two black dudes on the show. And that didn't make no sense. And mind you, the show was in my hometown. So this was before I moved to Birmingham. And I was right. living here at the time. And I wasn't on every show. I'll be on the show every blue moon. And I remember telling the promoter, hey, you're in a black market. You don't have to book me. But you need at least, if you're going to have like eight, nine matches, five of your matches need at least one black person. Right. And you know, but they weren't trying to hear it. They're going to do whatever they want to. And that that's, that's fine, but just don't be surprised when people actually start paying attention. And this yeah. is like, and this is like two years ago when I told this person, was it 20? Yeah, this is like late 2018 when I told this person this. I was like, you need more black people on your show. You're in a black market. Because that's what Anston, Alabama is. Like, white people stay here? Yeah, but they don't stay in the city. The black right. people stay in the city. And the white people stay in, like, the outer community, like Saks, Walburn, and White Plains. Or Golden Springs, which is where the rich folks stay at. And he wasn't trying to hear it. And then the, the, one, the main black person that he really wants to use, which is Kelvin Heights, he was suffering from an injury. So he really couldn't be there. And at the time, his champion was O'Shea Edwards, 
who wasn't there all the time either. And that was his champion, but the champion, but you know, O'Shea has some buzz behind his name. So he's going to be all over the place. So good right. luck keeping him, getting him every show. So there's that. So that didn't make a lot of sense. But some shows that have a choice, I pay attention to that. But I still give like smaller shows a chance because some of them, they don't have that choice. Yeah. So, so because I was trained at Pro South and knowing the inside of what goes on for most things and why certain talent can come, you know, I can understand that. Like, for example, the Havens really wanted Romeo, the French dude that's uh, that be in Georgia, but they can't have him because he'd be so busy. But every blue moon, if he's open, oh, they'll snatch him the first chance they get. So some shows, it don't be their fault. They want to do that, but it's not their fault. But everybody else that got a choice, that just that just won't do it. There's no there's no excuse. Like we're watching, we're paying attention. I want to talk so, about you for a little bit, Brandon. I'm sorry, Jordan. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. I want to talk. I want to talk to you, uh, Brandon, a little bit uh, about your merch. Because um, mm-hmm. for one, anytime we go to your shows, boy, <laughs> yeah, show the show the merch. Uh, anytime we go to your shows, man, you are pushing your merch every chance you get. Uh, talk about the the designs uh, behind the you know the inspiration behind the designs on your shirts and, and your merch. Okay, well, the num the number one shirt, for example, which is the one that Jordan's wearing right now. Um, I got that post from the Green Ranger and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Damn it! I knew there was a reason. I loved it so. <laughs> I remember, I, you know, I remember so, that because you, you wore the green tights and I, and I you know, it's, yeah, it's cool so, to see that connection. Yeah, so I got that post from Tommy. And now the shirt with me saying Indian style with my nunchucks, uh-huh. I got that from a Bruce Lee movie. Well, it was uh, Enter the Dragon. He was in this big fight scene and he got trapped in this room and he sat down Indian style and he put the nunchucks around his neck and he was getting ready to fight some more, but the dude that was in charge that wanted him to stay there with them, uh-huh. he didn't even release him. He just stayed. He just left him there. Didn't get no more people to fight him until later on. And I thought that was dope. And um, dang, what's uh? Now this um, now this design, now this was just random. I wanted to do a photo shoot with TJ because a lot of my a lot of times when I do a photo shoot, I'll do a photo shoot with my shirt on. And I wasn't thinking I need a photo shoot without a shirt. Like, what am I doing? So when I went to go do that, he was like, hey, man, I got a katana sword. And I'm like, you got a katana? Why do you have a katana sword? Like, you know what? Never mind. Never mind. I'll just figure out what I'm going to do with it. And this was like one of my favorite pictures. So I had to throw that on the shirt. It's pretty dope, man. I actually, I actually enjoy your shirts. I know you had, uh, you released a, I think there were new ones. There was a like a red, solid red ones, and I tried to get some soon, like, as soon as they dropped. But I had online issues with trying to pay, but I'll definitely get some sooner or later. Oh yeah, my End of the Serpent shirt. Yeah, that was inspired by End of the Dragon too. Yeah. So, who? Who, from your perspective, Brandon, who does who does it fall on to 
to get more black wrestlers on these cards and to get more black wrestlers out into the world. To you, who who does it fall upon to do that? Well, no question, it starts with promoters. Because um, if it wasn't, so I started watching wrestling in one. So I missed the whole Monday Night Wars and all that. My mom sheltered me from a lot of things. Wrestling was one of them. But when we was living in the projects with limited cable, and I turned on UPN one day and there was SmackDown, I was blown away. But um, the first person that caught my eye was Rob Van Dam because I like martial arts movies. Mm-hmm. I was watching Jet Li, Bruce Lee, uh, who else? Dunny and Jackie Chan, all these different martial arts movies. John Claude Van Damme, but then here's Rob Van Damme, and I'm like, okay, all right. And then later on throughout the show, Booker T popped on the scene, and I'm like, yo, who's this big dreadhead dude? Like I said, I missed the whole Monday Night Wars, so Booker right. T was already established by this point. But this is my first time laying eyes on, him. and watching him work, I was amazed. So I already like Rob Van Damme because you know he's a martial artist, but Booker T, and I'm like, yo, that's no small dude for him to be moving the way that he's moving. Like, that's a big, agile, athletic dude. So those are my two favorites off top. So then, what was it? His feud with Triple H, which still leaves a bad taste in my black mouth to this point. So <laughs> yeah, same. they showed that package of, um, of his struggles before he got in wrestling. Being the youngest of God knows how many kids, Losing his mom at the age of five. Um, then he messed around and got in trouble and went to jail. Most of the time, when a black man goes to jail or prison, he doesn't rebound back. Booker T did. He got out. Stevie Ray introduced him in the wrestling, and then they started tagging, and it was all from there. So when I seen that, so nine year old me seen that. So I'm like, if he can survive that. I can survive this because my situation, I'm nine years old. My mom, my mom was a single mom and we're living in the project. Before we moved in the project, we was bouncing from couch to couch from my grandma house to my auntie house to maybe a friend's house. And then my mom, she was working late nights at Winnie. She had just got a promotion. So now I got to stay at random cousin's house to make sure that I'm in good hands. So when I seen that he got through that, I'm like, if he can get through that, I can get through this. And if he and if he becomes champion at WrestleMania, that means I can be champion. Obviously, he didn't become champion at WrestleMania. He got it like three years later. But the fact that he went through all that and became a wrestler, I was like, you know what? I can make it out of this too. And if I don't become a wrestler, maybe I'll just play a sport or something or an instrument. I don't know. But I'll figure it out. So seeing that, that's how I that's what made me want to be a wrestler was Booker T's backstory. What his struggles, what he had to go through. So seeing that, seeing a black man make it through that, that inspired me. So that's important for black kids to see a black wrestler. The same thing for Hispanics. You know, kids need to see that. If they see that, that gives them hope that they can make it. Because even though I was seeing in the projects and I seen it and they gave me hope, that wasn't the same thing for everybody else. Most people wasn't watching wrestling. Other people watch wrestling for other reasons, just because they just like the violence. Because, you know, the ruthless aggression era 
we'll get a technical wrestling match one minute, but we'll have a hardcore match the next minute. That's really what everybody wanted to see. What's the hardcore match and someone just get beat the hell up. So I was inspired by that. The rest of the homies wasn't. There's a couple of dudes that still stuck there to this day. There's a couple of people that they had to go to jail, get out, and turn their life around. Such different situations they had to get out of, some got stuck. But me seeing that, that gave me hope that I could be arrested. So it's really, it falls on the promoter to have these diverse rosters. That way, that kid can see somebody that looks like them. And that gives them hope, especially black kids. Because black kids, let's be honest, all we think is football and basketball. If we ain't good at basketball, we automatically playing football. But there's an unwritten rule that we have to be good at basketball. Don't know why, but that's an unwritten rule. I'm not good at basketball. I got BCPB. Black can't play basketball. Can't do it. I got it too. I can't I can't, do it. I can't do it. I can play defense. I can I can get rebounds, but I can't do a crossover. I can't dunk. My layups are ugly, and I can barely shoot a three. My jumper is trash. So football really didn't make it in that either because I was a 185 defensive end. 185 defensive end in a 12th grade. How does that – what? I should have been a running back or a receiver, but I can't catch. I can't – my route running is trash. <laughs> okay. I'm, they, I'm sorry you had to go through. <laughs> man, they tried me at tight end. I was decent at blocking, but I kid you not, there's been a couple of times where I got pancake. An offensive lineman is not supposed to get pancake. Me as a tight end got pancake like three times in one game, and I said, nope, not playing tight end no more. And I was like, well, the defensive end in middle school, I could try to get in high school. Not understanding that I have to go to war with these 350-pound offensive tackles and guards every play. Every play. I should have been an outside linebacker, but I wasn't that good at tackling either. So why am I even playing defense? Why did I play football? Like, why? Like, why? So I should have been a DB. Oh, wait, I'm not that fast to keep up with receivers. I tried, what was it? One time in the, I was doing 707 practice, I was getting, I will keep up with a receiver, but at that last second, they'll hit a jet and catch the ball. I can't do it. I can't keep up with a receiver. My, so my, you, uh, my 40 yard dash speed, yeah, 185 defensive end. And I was I was fast, but I wasn't that fast. My forty speed was a four point six. That's too slow for one eighty five. Call, call their name, right. names out. I'm 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 about to write an angry letter. <laughs> this is call who names out. The, what? Hey, call, what all, everybody, everybody, coaches, <laughs> teachers, everybody. where I everybody mean, lives. It really, it really wasn't the coach's fault because the coaches can only do what they can do. Like, I went to a predominant black school and most of everybody was small. It felt the offensive lineman, but everybody else was small. I was the smallest person on the defensive line. The linebacker spots, they was already took. I wasn't getting that. The DBs, I wasn't getting that. Defensive end, I could stand a chance. Well, one, I got to get by the tackle. Two, 
I got to sack the quarterback, but once again, I'm not that good at tackling. So let's hope that I don't embarrass myself. I should have been a fullback, but I wasn't big enough. I should have tried it anyway because they tried me a tight end. But after I was just all that, about to say that, I was just yeah. about to say that you could have been a fullback, but I would actually have you out for passes. But even you know, I don't yeah. know. But even after high school, I was like, man, if y'all could somehow become a wrestler, I'm going to do that. Because football, you know, wasn't good at that. Basketball, I didn't even try to play for a team. My best friend, uh, Gustavo Lopez, who's a Mexican, he's been trying to get soccer back at our school for years. He finally does the senior year, and he tossed me into trying out. And I'm like, dude, soccer? Black people don't play soccer. Like, we don't kick. Like, name one kicker in the NFL. We don't do that. So try <laughs> that out. I, I played soccer in high school. Man. So <laughs> try that out. I was an excellent defender. But, shoot, I couldn't dribble the ball. Everybody else could dribble the ball. I couldn't. My footwork was not there. So even though, caught, like, one college scout scene that I was a decent defender, I didn't have the grades to go and play college soccer. So, nope, 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 nope. nope. So it was just wrestling from you, for you. For yeah, you. so, yeah, it was wrestling for me because I tried everything else. But just me seeing that image of Booker T on TV, a year and a half later, I seen what he had to go through before he got the wrestling. So, really, wrestling saved his life. Wrestling really saved his life because if Stevie Ray would have never got him involved in wrestling, there would have been a strong possibility he would have been right back in prison. And we all know how ghetto Booker T ass on TV. Like he ain't got no My filter. God. Yeah. <laughs> He's a <laughs> six six four two fifty long dreads. Don't give a damn, and he'll fight anybody. And, Did y'all hear about real. that story when he almost got into a fight with Chris Benoit over a hot dog? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. even Benoit's fault. Somebody was pulling a it, prank on him, but Booker T thought all he seen was Benoit mustard. Oh, I gonna beat his ass after when he get <laughs> back. And it's like, no, bro. He he drops people on his head. Don't fight him. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, he don't give a damn, man. So, if it weren't for wrestling, where would he be at right now? And not only that, how many people did he inspire by just being on TV? Right. Like, he didn't get his big break until 2000, but before that, people just seeing him and Stevie Ray on TV. How many people just seen them and was inspired off the bat? Now he got a school. And he looked out for his blessing. Holiday. And he produced quality talent out of there. Yeah, yeah. Like, he he looked crazy. out for his black students and on yeah. Hispanics. It's is I I think that's why Kofi's win at WrestleMania was so important mm-hmm. because you know you you see videos of of black men like MVP and of course. Shad Gaspard, rest in peace to him. Like we seen that video of them watching it live, and they just started crying. Right, and they cry. Right, like right. What when I, I seen that, I almost cried. No, I can tell you, me and Tevin cried. Tevin and I were sitting at our friend London's house. It was me, Tevin, London, and Josh, and we were sitting there watching Mania, 
and that that moment happened. Kofi won, and Tevin just like looked at like we just stared at each other for a minute. First reaction, I hugged him. It was crazy. It was it, it it was crazy to think about because you know we've seen Booker T, Mark Henry, like we've seen Black World Champions, but that one made such a it. I, I, you can almost compare it to when Ron Simmons won the WCW title. Everyone's seen that video of how like bananas the crowd went. But right. the the thing about that video that always gets me when I watch it, there's that one black kid in the front who looks like he was about to jump through the freaking roof. Like he, my eye always gravitates toward him and. Like uh, that's why I asked you who who do you feel it falls upon to really get get this talent because I I feel the same way. It's it's on the promoter, you know what I mean? Because there's tons of talent out there and they push themselves so hard. Like we've met quite a bit of them through marking out, and it's just like how isn't how aren't y'all seeing all this talent? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I understand you can't see everybody. Nobody can. We don't know everybody. But how is it still that we can go to these shows and there's one black person who's maybe match, their match is maybe the second match. And Tevin and I we make it a point during intermission to talk to the black talent. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> for some of them, nobody is talking to them. You know what I mean? Dang. But we've we've walked up onto some black talent at these shows, and you can almost see like relief come over them, like, oh, thank God, more black people. Like, you know what I mean? And that's right. that that's some of the craziest stuff, like. You can see, and there, there's been talent that have like openly called us out. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. because they look out at the crowd and don't see anybody, but and then they look in the corner. Here's me and Tevin. Oh shit! It's my loud hey, ass. My you know, loud ass. I'm right. <laughs> you know. So you know what I mean? It's it's. I get it, but at the same time, I don't. I get that. You know what I mean? There are, and and big shout out to the promoters who do try and have a diverse roster. Pro South is great at that. Pro, yeah. like they really are. Pro South is yeah. one of the best at having a, uh, a a diverse roster. So, you know, we all we got to give credit where it's due. So, big shout out to the Havens for that. Yeah, I remember. I remember actually having that conversation with the Havens because. Um... We went to one show. Yeah, they took me to one show, and I think, and I was the only black person there. And I was like, yo, are all, I was like, hey, what's up? Why does this show not have any more black people? And Ace was like, man, um, and he really didn't have an answer. But he was like, well, he was like, well, he was like, at ProSound, I always try to keep at least at the minimum three black people. He was like, one is a heel, one is a face, so that way there won't be no type of confusion or no type of controversy or nothing. 
And he's like, and a third guy is we just put him wherever we need to be. But one is a heel, one is a face, third guy wherever we need to be. That way there's no questions asked. And usually one of one of the three black dudes is probably in some type of main feud, if not the if not the champions. Yeah. He's either either champion fighting for the championship or in another main feud at the moment. So even if you do have your championship feud, the one of the black dudes is in the feud behind that. Right. One of the top feuds at Pro South is going to feature a black a black person. And that's right. necessary. You know what I mean? Like it's it's necessary because you don't ever know who's watching. You know, the, the same way that you turned on the TV and you saw Booker T and that that was, you know what I mean? Like, you you drew to that. I was the same way with Mark Henry and Ron Simmons. Tevin, I, I venture to say his was probably D'Lo Brown because he loves him some D'Lo Brown. <laughs> well, yeah, so. Mark Henry, D'Lo Brown, uh, quite a few people, man. Godfather. Yeah, so it's just... The whole nation, I mean? huh? Right, yeah. the the whole nation, <laughs> even 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 the rock. So yeah, it's it's important, you know. I think towards the end of me and Tevin's tenure at EWA, there was this family that came in. I we didn't get to talk to him, but it was a family of black people, and I remember hitting Tevin like, "Oh shit, this black like, yo, black people came." Um, I didn't even realize I mean, from, that it like from what I remember from what I remember the kid's name, the, the youngest one, his name is Junior. It I didn't even realize that it hit me like it it had affected me that hard because for a long time, and this is not somebody gonna watch it and say that I'm talking bad on EWA. I'm not. I love EWA, I love pots and all of them. But we had gotten so comfortable at EWA that we didn't even realize that there were no other black people there. You know what I mean? Like, of course, like you would come in and some other talent would come in. So it wasn't like we were without other black people, Mm. but we hadn't, we didn't like really realize that there were no black fans until this family came in. And it was like, Oh shit. You know what I mean? I I hope they still go. I don't know if they still go because we don't get to go to shows like we want to. But, you know, it's... And I I remember... Who was it? Damn, I wish I could remember who it was. But I remember us in particular as, like, the hosts of that show. We would be doing our thing, talking our trash, whatever we were doing. And we would just kind of look over and them kids was looking at us like amazed that we were that we were holding court, like that we had everybody's attention. And I think for for me, that's when I was like, okay, yeah, it's you you know what I mean? Like I see the importance of having black people at the shows. I see the importance of having black people advertised on the show, like promoted at the shows because I, I I never talked to that family, but it was it was good to look at them kids and see them looking at me and Tevin. Cause it, it right. was almost like that little thing like where it was, you know, like you could see it switch like, damn, they doing this. Okay, I could do this. Tevin is running to families at, at Walmart oh, who man. knew who he was. 
You know what I mean? Cool, coolest thing. It was the coolest thing ever. Two little kids, a uh, boy and a girl. Uh, they walk up to me and say, are you Tevin? And I kind of took a step back and I'm like, you know, I'm kind of confused at first. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know what, you know, what the hell you know me from, <laughs> you know, but um, it was like, hey, you know, we love your videos, blah, blah, blah. Where's Jordan? And I'm like, damn, I, <laughs> he was in the car, you know, I, was was in the car. In the I car. didn't feel like going in. <laughs> And uh, they, it was, it was just the coolest thing for them to look at me and Jordan like superheroes. It was, it was something that I, I didn't take lightly. And when I got back to the car, I was like, "Oh man, wait till I get to, wait till I get out this checkout line. I can tell Jordan this. This is amazing. We are doing something fantastic. We are inspiring, and we're killing it." You know. So when yeah. I got to the car and I told him, and I was like, "Bro, we got to keep this going as long as we can." Yeah, anybody that's like black, Hispanic, you know, any other race, any anytime there's a any type of any other race that got something to do with a show, it's important that that person is sane because you never know what fan walks through that door. Now, at the same time, most promoters probably don't think about stuff like that. They probably just they they main concern is just trying to run an organized show. They yeah. some promoters they don't think oh, well, we're going to need, like, two black people. Or if we could get some Hispanics in here or some Lucha Gadot or whatever the case may be. Like, at one point in time in New Era, the direction we was going at New Era Wrestling in Jasper was uh, we was going to Lucha Rap because we had a lot of Hispanics. You know, mm-hmm. a Cuban guy here, two Mexicans there, or Puerto Rican dude over here. And it's already black dudes. You, It was already me prior one more other black person that I can't think of at the moment. It'll usually always be one other black person. Um, Aqua, bruh, he will come up there with the dudes from Florida. And the dudes from Florida, they be Hispanic. And what I did know was in Jasper, there were there were some Hispanic people. So I seen where the promoter was trying to find a way to get them to come to the show. So I guess he was just using the Hispanics to try to draw them in. But, you know, they never, they never really came. Well, one Hispanic family came, but this crew, this crew of people, they always play soccer. I will try to talk them into come to the show, and they'll go, uh-huh, yeah, and then they'll just eventually leave. They just mainly be minding their business, but it is important that people see somebody who looks like them at a show because you just never know. You might just get them interested just in the product, or they might just get inspired altogether to want to join. Like you mentioned EWA. EWA is one of them shows where, like, how a long time ago, a lot of people didn't want to go to Pro South. EWA is one of them shows where people are iffy on if they want to go or not. Like, I like going to EWA to to get more season. And then there's other guys that's that's decent and they can get better. And there'll be some things that they don't know that I can help them with or somebody else can help them with. So I look at it as in I'm trying to help myself, but I can help other people too. And at the same time, you know, it's not a lot of consistent black people there. So once my schedule got the normal, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to be up here every Wednesday because, well, you never know. You just never know. 
Like you never know if that one black family comes in or whatever kid that's already there, I might just inspire them. You just never you just never know. It was Tevin and I when when we were helping at EWA behind the scenes. <clears throat> that was something that a lot of people don't know about me and Tevin. When we were asked, hey, who should we bring in? Who should Nine out of ten times, we were suggesting black talent. And that's, again, that's not to say, like, they were turning it down because they weren't. It was just a matter of <laughs> me in particular. If you would have let me book it, the whole show would have just been black as fuck. That, you know what I mean? So is that there's a little balance that has to happen. But right. every time... Every time Tevin and I were asked, we tried to suggest at least two or three black people that we knew of. You know what I mean? We right. we are. I don't know how some people gonna feel about me saying it, but I'm gonna talk my shit for a second. Tevin and I are the reason that the West Coast Kings came to EWA. That makes you sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. Cause that called me off guard when they came. I was like, Towers, Aaron yeah. Black, and like, it is. It, it wasn't. You know what I mean. It wasn't. It was because we wanted. We wanted to see more black people at EWA because we knew and still know what EWA could be. You feel yeah. me? And it's mm-hmm. it's the same thing that a lot of indie uh, indie promotions. I think they. That's why I think it's important to have black people behind the scenes at these promotions too. You know what I mean? Not just right. in the ring, but it's also extremely important to have a black person in the room when you're talking about booking, when you're talking about whatever. It's important to have a black person in the room because Tevin and I offered EWA a whole different vision. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We offered them an entirely... Not not one that I don't think that they weren't thinking about, but one that maybe they just didn't understand. You know what I mean? What would be right. the draw of having these guys other than, well, you know, they, they've worked with some of them before in other promotions, so they know them. It's not like they don't know them and know how good they are. Right. But, you know, it's that, that was why Tevin and I went so hard at EWA. That's why we go so hard with marking out and – and going to these shows and trying to promote these shows that do uh, have more diverse rosters because it's important to have black people in the ring. It's important to have black fans watching the show. And it's extremely important to have black people behind the scenes. Right. A lot of promotions don't do that. And it sucks, but not having a black person in the room can really affect your product when you when you're trying to put it together not having any black input or like you said hispanic input asian input whatever the case may be wherever you are not having that extra input from that person of color could it could make it a hard sell right, you know it, right. could, it could make your show a very hard sell so you as a black wrestler with everything that's going on, 
you know, with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, which bullshit, but okay. Um, <laughs> you as a black wrestler, do you think that black wrestlers will be affected by all of this? Or do you think that it's it's actually going to help black wrestlers in the long run to speak out and, and be vocal about current events? Um, I think black wrestlers are going to speak out, period, regardless, because that's the main people that I've been seeing go crazy on, on social media late. It's them, a, a select few of white people, you know, what Hispanics that I have on my news feed. I've been paying attention to mostly who's quiet, but the people that's not quiet is the black folks. Like, the black wrestlers been going crazy. Not all of them, a few of them, but yeah, black, black folks going to speak, especially Eric Silver. Because I remember at one point, we used to try to tell Silver, like, hey, um, don't talk politics on social media because, you know, if you ever get a chance of getting signed, Somebody's going to show it at the events, and if they see that you don't like Donald Trump, you know that's going to be held against you. But you know, Silver going to talk his shit regardless. So once all this shit came out, and I was like, fuck that. I ain't thought to be quiet. I was like, whoever don't like it, they just going to deal with it. And I'm thinking we all thought that at the same time. And we all just started going ape shit. That's what it feel like. Like, just... It wasn't out of nowhere, obviously, but it definitely felt like you and Aaron Black and Silva and uh, uh, what is his name? James Bandy. It just felt like all of y'all were like, it was like just that collective, oh, no, we got to speak up. Like, we got some shit to say. You know what I'm saying? So I I commend the hell out of y'all for saying it because I've been told that in my career, don't talk politics, don't get into, you know what I mean? And I'm sure most of y'all have heard that too. So to to see y'all speak up and speak out and be so vocal, hey man, if if you're a promoter out there and you you feel some kind of way, I don't know what to tell you because you're missing out on some good talent. You really are. You you're missing out on great talent. Not just Brandon included in all that talent. You know what I mean? You're missing out on great talent because of your own ignorance, really. Right. And your I even own seen tolerance. Yeah, I even seen promoters speak out on it. I'm seeing a lot so, more now. Yeah. It, it yeah. It felt like it it felt like again, like I said earlier, it felt like a lot of people kind of wanted to say something, but they didn't really know if they should. So y'all speaking out, the wrestlers speaking out, it felt like it kind of gave a lot of these promoters the ability to be like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I can speak out cause I see I'm on the right side of this or I just see how I just see the bullshit. You know what I mean? So it's, it's cool for me to speak out. It's cool for me. Y'all it's, it's cool for y'all to speak out. Nobody's telling y'all that y'all can't speak out. It's just a matter of don't drown out the voices that are really being affected. You know what I mean? Because at at the end of the day, we are the ones that are affected the hardest by this. Black wrestlers are going to be the ones who 
prayerfully don't, but if anybody's going to suffer, it's going to be black wrestlers. And not necessarily right. because the promoter is is racist or anything, but they may be in a town where, you know what I mean, they're not as progressive. They don't really get off into the Black Lives Matter shit. So business is business, but me personally, take a chance. Take a chance on people like Brandon. You know what I mean? Because while he is vocal and we can appreciate him being vocal, he's too talented to not have on your show. You know what I mean? Like, that's where I stand with all of it. And I, I sincerely hope that y'all don't suffer because of right. be, because you're being vocal because y'all don't deserve it. Y'all, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, y'all are black. Y'all got to speak out about the shit that is affecting black people. So that's where I stand. Right, right, right. Because, like, let's see, like, right before we started talking our shit, like, as soon as we was like, fuck, we started talking our shit, the first, pro- the first promoter I seen say some shit was the haters. They were the first person to speak up. Literally, as soon as the shit happened, it was like Black Lives Matter and everybody lost their mind. And it's like, are you are are you really arguing with other white people on why Black Lives Matter? Like, are you really doing that right now? Like, just pay attention to what you're doing. Like, just sit there and think about what you're doing. A white woman said Black Lives Matter, and you respond with all lives matter. And Amy's going to talk her shit regardless. Right. So... Now you're in a debate on why black on why all lives matter is a, is offended to black people and everybody else that say black lives matter. It's like just sit there and think about it. You're arguing with another white people, another white person on black lives matter. Just just sit there and think about that. Just think about that. I easily could have started arguing with everybody, but I'll just go and read and then I'll just everybody that say all lives matter, I'll just tell them. Take three to five minutes to Google the Black Lives Matter movement, and you will understand. You will understand. Because right now, even though black folks are outraged, the outraged white people, they ain't going to explain shit. They just going to tell you that you you are a piece of shit and just going about their day. That's it. They may explain it. They might not. But nine times out of ten, they ain't going to explain it. As soon as you say all lives matter, they, they on your neck. Shout out to them allies out there because they, yeah, they really sure. are. Sure. <laughs> yeah, They've and been then out right there, heavy. And then right behind them was the management from New Era Wrestling. Um, James Phillips, Bubba Cagle, Tommy Black, and all of them. You know, they spoke out, they spoke out on it too. And right now, they're partners, they're partners with the Pro South management, thankfully. And um, so I'm glad to see all these non-black people speaking on it and going hard for the black community because it's like people need to see that black people, we ain't just talking out the side mm-hmm. of our necks. We ain't bullshit. We're not just saying we're not treated fair just because we black. Like, no, like this is a real thing. We're not speaking from feelings. This is a reality. Like, help us. Help us. Nigga, like, Help us, like, please, <laughs> like, so seeing all these none 
black folks speak speak for us, man, I've been happy, man. And all these other folks that's um that's showing their true colors. Well, I'm glad to see you showing your true colors because now I ain't got a fool with you. Now I know where you're staying right. and you ain't gonna try to understand neither. What we doing, Jordan? We acting what? I don't know what what to go. Uh, we we acting we acting accordingly. Oh, yeah, we yeah. acting act accordingly. Time, we we going we going to act and react accordingly. That's that's just all we can do. You know what I mean? Just Right. And some some people don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Tevin and Jordan ain't nobody to them. That's cool. You ain't got to feel, you know what I'm saying? You ain't got to feel like we we are represented. You don't have to feel like Brandon is 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 worth the trouble or or whatever. But in the long run, it's gonna hurt you. Yeah. By not booking this black talent because they spoke out, it's gonna hurt you. By not and to the talent that is not speaking out for one reason or another. There was a point in time where, you know, it felt like if you spoke out about politics and whatnot, then your career would be over. Man, listen, there are so many people in 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 the the major league in the WWEs and the AEWs and the impacts and all of that speaking up and speaking out. Don't be afraid to talk your shit. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. That whole I'm not saying anything because I got I want to get signed. Nah, that's bullshit. We ain't trying to hear all that. At all. But hey, man. I I don't have anything else to talk about. I you know what I mean? Like, I I'm ready to see some justice for George Floyd, for Breonna Taylor, for Amarn Aubrey, for every black person. God, there's just so many you can't even really. You know what I mean? Like wrap your head around it and say everybody's name. Who that, that list is too long. Is, yeah, yeah, like the, and, and, and the cases are so unsolved. Long. Yeah, so it's many crazy. unsolved cases. And then the ones that do get solved, they get brushed under the rug. Somehow yeah. officers is getting found innocent for certain cases. I forgot that one guy's name, but back in it was either between 2005, six or seven. But that one guy that was at the club, he was in New York, and he got 104 or 106 shots fired at him when he was in the car, and he was unarmed. Yeah. And what yeah. that? Four policemen, and they was found not guilty? That was the first time that I seen a case of police brutality. I was like 12 or 13, and I was like, I was mind blown. I was like, it's obvious. The evidence is there. Right. Videos, um, shit. The um the bullet cases, it's like they fire on an unarmed car, witnesses and all that, and they are not guilty. How does that make sense? Like, help me understand. And it just keeps going on and on and on. Then we get to George Floyd, and he didn't even get shot. Yeah. He died on the ground with a with a knee on his neck. So now what? Now what's the excuse? Yeah, that's that's what's bad. A, a lot of people like Eric Garner died in a chokehold. You know what I mean? Like nobody shot him. He he was choked. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's 
it's it's so crazy, man. It's so crazy to think that. And I, the the reason we wanted to do this show is because I don't think we we've ever been in a time where there are this many black people involved in wrestling. So it all kind of intersects. You know what I mean? Like it it all kind of coincides with each other and can really change because we're we're standing still in wrestling right now. Everything's about to, you know, come back. So this is a good time, I think, to have these conversations so that when we do come back in pro wrestling, there should, I think, there should be a a more of an effort to push black talent. Tevin and I are doing our thing. We can only do so much. You know what I mean? There's other podcasts, the Jabra Tears podcast being one. They're doing their thing. We can all only do so much. You feel me? But right. I think that put together the, the wrestling talent, the people backstage, and us as podcasters, as content creators, I think we can all come together and build something solid Build, build some kind of network or something that makes it easier for promoters to find all this black talent. Right. So then at that point we can say, okay, Mr. Promoter, okay, Ms. Promoter, there's no excuse. You asked who we wanted to see at your show, I've given you six names. So at the next flyer, if on on at the next show on your next flyer, if I don't see any of those names, what you want me to say? You you feel me? Like is with that being said, Brandon, wrestling is coming back. Where are you going to be? I know you're going to be at Pro South because I want yeah. to say they just released their their flyer. So I know you're going to be at Pro South show back. Is there anywhere else that you're going to be that you can talk about that people should be looking out for? Well, uh, EWA starts back up this Wednesday, so I'm going. I'm definitely going to be there. Yeah, Man, I'm going to be nah. at EW. Yeah, I'm going to be at EWA this Wednesday, and any other Wednesdays after that, unless something drastic happens and I can't make it. And so for right now, just EWA every Wednesday. And Pro South every Friday when Pro South starts back up on uh, the 19th. I was hoping to be at SWF next Friday, but I hit up UConn too late. I didn't realize that he already had that card fully stacked, you oh, know, yeah. you, a whole yeah. week and a half in advance. He's, yeah. he's another guy that does a good job of uh, having a handful yeah. of black wrestlers, you know. Yeah. And I, I don't UConn think he pays right. – I don't think he pays attention – when he does it, but he the he does he does the same thing to the Havens do. One heel, one a face. And if he does have a third guy, they're just in a random spot. But you go but you might see you're gonna see two to three black people on the card. They might not yeah. always be there, but they're gonna be there most of the time. So he does a good job of that. Like I said, I don't know if he paid if he paid attention that he broke it, that he did it that way, one heel, one face. And a third guy in another spot, but I I commend I commend him for that. Absolutely, UConn, the Havens, 
Carry Off was good about that with Crux Wrestling when they run events. He's he's pretty good about having at least the events we've been to. He, yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying. He's had a really diverse uh, locker room, and so you know, to me, there's no excuse. But even if you're gonna have an excuse, we're gonna make an effort to get to a point where you don't have an excuse. That's why we're doing this show. That's why, you know, on our regular podcast, we have Who Got Next. And uh, unbeknownst to some people, all of those wrestlers so far have been black. There's a method to the madness. You know what I mean? We want to showcase all this talent. That's why we're doing all that we can to push y'all and give y'all the platform that y'all so rightly deserve because... Y'all some talented ass motherfuckers, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right, right. I appreciate that. Oh, and uh, I don't know when New Era Wrestling is going to start back up, but whenever they start back up, that's located in Jasper, Alabama. That's one Saturday out the month. Usually the second Saturday, you know, me and Pryor are going to be their tag team as always. In case okay, if people man. don't know who Julius Pryor is, he's another He's another young black dude. He's a cruiserweight. Unlike me, he's in shape. He got a six-pack and all. I'm just fat. I'm fat and I turn cartwheels and I kick people. Julius Pryor is amazing, too. I, oh, he, he definitely does not – he don't get the credit, you know yeah. what I mean, that I, when, when we talk about talent in this area, he don't get enough credit for being as talented as he is uh, in, in the ring as well. But, he, hey, man. He, he really doesn't. And I wonder – I wonder is is it because he is he too quiet? Is is that what it is? Is he too quiet? Cause he's kind of quiet on social media. Like you might see him post, you know, a selfie or a picture where he like where it looks like he should be mauling or a thirst trap. Or he might make or he might just post something random. But you know, he's kind of quiet and he's kind of quiet in the locker room too. So I wonder does that does that play in effect? Because enough people don't talk about him enough. And um, what was it? A while, like several months ago, he won the cruiserweight championship at v- at the VCW down there in Mumford, Alabama, who also features a good amount of uh, black wrestling. Yeah. Their main champion right now is Big Smoke. Mm-hmm. Big yeah. shout out to Big Smoke. Yeah. We met him. My dog. My dog I want to say that was his, I want to say when we met him, that was his debut, right? When we met him. No, that was the second match. The okay. second match. Yeah, actually. we met him right, right, uh, right before his second match, and the stuff that he's doing is, uh, man, he he's dope too. It's it's there's so much good black talent out here, bro. I just I don't at this point if you're not booking them to me again, I'm just gonna speak for myself. If you're not booking them, to me, it just says that you don't want to. You know what I mean? Because unless you're enough. A, yeah. Now, for Smooth, if you're a Friday show, you might not be able to get them because of yeah, certain reasons. True. But like yeah. it, but like them Saturday shows, man, you you them Saturday shows outside of VCW, yeah, you you ain't got no excuse. You might not catch them somewhere on a weekday, but a Saturday, man. Y'all, y'all ain't got no excuse. But I mean, Absolutely you got none. You got you, Smooth, West Coast Kings, great tag team, fantastic singles, Julius Pryor, uh, Eric Squad. Silva, 
You got yeah. like yeah. You, you got so so much good black talent. Cassandra Golden, Ruthless Lala. Like you got women to choose from. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I mean when I say like there. There's no way you're not seeing any of this talent. Big shout out to AEW because during this COVID nineteen stuff, they brought in a lot of talent, and a lot of that talent has been black. Right, yes. right, and a it's been a slap, and it's been a slap on black talent too. Really, mm-hmm. a slap on black talent. Black talent that some of these promoters would 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 stay ignoring. Wouldn't even yeah. give a, a a chance. I forgot that dude's name, but he he calls himself remarkable. And uh Ryan Rembrandt. Yeah, him. Yep. Him. Yep. Him. He, like fan, fantastic I will, talent. I was mm-hmm. I I would go somewhere and network, and I will also see him network. You will see him at more places networking than actual wrestling. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's too quiet or promoters just refuse to give him a chance. But you know, I've seen him perform um when Jack Lord was running SLW. And um, the one time, one time he came to SCPW, he had a match with Danny Jordan. And I was like, man, this dude is good. He's going to be something serious in like another year or two. But then it's been a year or two, and these promoters are like not using him. But then COVID-19 hits, and he's on TV, national TV, national TV. Yeah, AEW has done a good job of that. Oh, we're going to use this indie talent. Not only the indie talent. The slap on indie talent, yep. man. Lee Johnson, Ryan Rembrandt, Black. you know, they Baron Black, they've used a couple of their talent. Like, they haven't been in ring, but they've been in, like, the vignettes and stuff. Like, David Ali has been in some of the vignettes. AEW done a great job. Like, they they really put their foot on these companies' necks. Yeah. As far as, like, hiring and bringing in black talent they they really set themselves apart you know during during COVID-19 with all that man so and this is black talent in the south so for yeah. this company so for these indie companies in the south they have no excuse yeah. none whatsoever you can see all this ta- you can look on AEW AEW Dark whichever and and see five or six black talents that completely underutilized don't get enough shine don't and they're not enough places where they actually deserve to be and that's what i mean by you know what i'm saying there's there's no excuse if AEW can find all this talent y'all can find all this talent because they're right down the street from y'all right down the street or just the next state over yeah it's 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 not that hard if you just ask ask around look around you you'll find the talent that you need to bring in people like me and Tevin who, you know, like I said, you may not care about me and Tevin. You may not care about the marking out boys, but we pay attention to stuff like that. We pay attention to are the black people on the card? Are the black people working the show? Are there other black fans at the show? Like we pay attention to stuff like that. We'll give any show a chance. But we definitely pay attention to stuff like that, especially if we know, A, we're down here towards Birmingham. Ain't no reason Brandon Watley can't be at this show. You know what I mean? Because he he's he's close to Birmingham. Ain't no reason why some of that talent out of Atlanta can't make a couple-hour drive. Because you, you feel me? Like, 
sometimes I get it. The smaller shows may not be able to. And if you can't, hey, just reach out and try, man. You know what I mean? Because that, just reach out and try. Because Tevin and I intentionally follow a lot of black wrestlers, black indie wrestlers specifically. So they'll put us on game. Like you, like yeah. you, Brandon, you put us on game by coming to new. We're coming to new era at some point. Don't ask me when, because I can't tell you. But <laughs> at some point, we're coming. You know what I mean? Like it, that. That's just how we get better. That's how we get better in this business. You feel me? By right. just communicating what's happening and what we can do individually what can we all bring to the table to make this thing work and to get y'all to shine that y'all deserve that's really all we're trying to do right and like like i said new era does a a good job of that and uh, the thing that surprised me about new era when i actually sat back and paid attention to it that's the only locker room that i have ever been in that had more hispanics than anybody Mm-hmm. Yeah, we it was see. it it was one it was one show where we probably had like seven or eight Hispanics, probably like five five or six black people, and probably like five or six white on the card. Oh yeah, we got to get to one of them shows. Yeah, yeah, that is the that is the that and my and my and this show is in Alabama. This right. show is in Alabama, not. Okay, so Jasper is like 30 to 40 minutes from Birmingham. Birmingham's right. a big city. But, okay, a lot of people isn't going to drive from Birmingham to Jasper. That's just fine because even though Jasper is – Jasper sounds like it's in the middle of nowhere, but they got a big community. So a decent fan base is coming. And they're seeing this diverse card of Hispanics, black people, white people. Shoot, the only thing we haven't had was an Asian yet. That's on the way, and and a Middle Eastern. That's it. Yeah, that's the only thing we haven't had was was somebody from somebody from overseas. That's that's it. That's the only thing we haven't had yet was an Asian or a Middle Eastern or Canadian. Well, gentlemen, I think this is a very good conversation. I, I think we've done good. I think we touched. A lot of topics that we needed to touch. Uh, Hopefully, Brandon, we did a good job of letting you vent and and get get things off your chest. Oh, yeah, y'all did. I appreciate this. We we appreciate you coming, man. Hey, y'all follow Brandon everywhere. Tell tell them where they can follow you. I don't know if I don't know it right off the top of my head. All right, you can add me on Facebook at Brandon Watley. You can follow me on Twitter at B Watley 92 capitalized to B in the W. Um, I can't never remember my Instagram. It's either Brandon Watley 92 or Brandon mm-hmm. Watley 1992. It, it's I one of them. I, I can never remember my Instagram off the top of my head. If the you last... go to our Instagram at the Marking Out Boys and click on the picture of the flyer for this show, Brandon is tagged in that. Boom, so you, there we go. You, you can get them through there. <laughs> Boom, there we go. There we go. That's that's all I got for social media. But those of you people that like to buy stuff, you like t-shirts, you like face maps, you hey, like man. tank tops. <laughs> hey, go to storefrontier.com, 
slash Brandon. Hey, as, as I've been Wyatt. always saying, there's, as I've been here. saying this whole time. There, I came I up have, with a theme song and everything. You just buy your shirt, do 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 do. Buy your shirt, <laughs> Brandon. Brandon, different, Brandon different variety moved. of shirts, tank tops. I even hey, you got a baby? I got onesies. Get that face covers, onesies, tank top, lady tees, kids tees, men tees. Look, I got some for everybody. All it right. Really does. He, he really does, y'all. So make sure y'all check out Brandon. Promoters, book Brandon Watley. I said it on my Facebook, and I meant what I said. Wrestling is coming back, and that is fantastic. Book more than one black person on your shows. Brandon Please, should be one of those black people, though. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brandon's crazy talented. And you, you wouldn't know it until you really get to see him live. So If you don't you book know. him, you'll regret it. <laughs> And that's, yeah, please, and that's your fault. Yeah, promoters, please book at least three black people. Please because do. people are paying attention. You never know who's watching. You never know who's watching. If I could watch WWE and see Booker T and be inspired, you never know what fan will walk through that door and want want uh, and want to wrestle in the next generation just yep. by seeing me or your top guy. Or somebody like Austin Towers or Silva or Trevor Eon, who also don't get enough credit. He oh, never, I, he never bruh. gets enough credit. He never gets enough credit. He literally took a trip to Japan and wrestled at Wrestle One. Okay, he got picked out the Georgia squad, him and uh Cyrus Destroyer. All right. I was at that same camp. I was one of the extra five people, but Trevor and Cyrus got booked. And guess what? Whenever an article was released, they only talked about Cyrus. They did not talk about Trevor. Don't know why. Really don't care. But change that. That is somebody else that do not get enough credit. And it doesn't make any sense. And he's been longer than he's been around longer than most of us. All right. I've had I had my first I had my first match in late 2015. All right. And so ain't no telling when Silva and Aaron Black and all of them came around. I know Tyler came around like 2016 or 15. I don't know. But Trevor been around. He's been around since like the early 20-teens. Like most of us were still in high school and Trevor was around. And he's still around now. He don't And he don't get enough credit. And here's another thing. People say that black people don't stick together. In a black community – that is a fact, but in wrestling, that is not a fact because a lot of black folks, one black people will meet another black person, then all of a sudden it'll be a click of us and we have all watched each other progress. We have all helped each other get better. We have all helped each other get on shows. We have all worked, worked each other and helped progress. We have all watched each other progress and helped progress. We have all done that. Me, Trevor, Silva, Towers, Aaron Black, shoot, dang it. Who am I forgetting? I am forgetting. Who am I forgetting? Cassandra. I never worked Cassandra, but Cassandra, um, shoot, other black people I can't think of right now because it's just way too many of us that's not being utilized. It is way too many of us, way too many, especially in that Georgia circuit. It's a bunch of them. That's when I realized 
there was hope for black people in indie wrestling. When I seen before the left hand path, there's this group called the 13th floor. It was Trevor, Ike, um, Country's Hero, he was Chris Bullet, and uh Damian Bennett. It was them, it, they was a group, and then it was like a bunch of other black people on one circuit, all in the Georgia circuit. And I'm like, golly, if we got more black people and then we just expand it and we all just stuck together, we'll be some vicious. So it's like it's slowly getting to that point. We all look out for each other anyway, as long as you're not an asshole. And if you're an asshole, you'll know it because most of us ain't going to talk to you. We'll only right. speak because we in the same locker room, but we ain't going to carry a real conversation with you. So as long as you ain't an asshole to us and everybody else, if we pay attention to how you treat people and how you act when we're not around, when other people are around, we pay attention to that. So, like I said, we stick together, we help each other progress, and we keep our egos in check. That's another thing. We keep our egos in check. The second somebody's ego starts getting out of control, we all get together, talk about it, then we go to that person. Then we go to that person. Because that's a problem. That's another problem on the Indies. A lot of people, egos is getting out of control. People that I was friends with like two to three years ago, I no longer associate with now because of their ego. Because they either said something stupid or did something stupid. They pissed this person off and then they took it to the internet. Like everybody was going to come and play a pity party. No, no. We pay attention to that. We pay attention to how you treat people. We pay attention to how you work. If we can help you, we will. If you're an asshole, we're going to tell you. If you're an asshole and you don't care, we ju we're just not going to deal with you. We're just not going to deal with you. And if we're not going to deal with you, what makes you think that the real superstars want to deal with you? Because you think you're a superstar. Straight like that. Straight like that, man. <laughs> Straight like that. There's literally there's literally there's older people in indie wrestling have dealt with assholes that that was good enough to get on TV and it was on TV for five minutes and pissed off the wrong person and right back on the end. And now nobody want to deal with. Huh. And what's sad is seeing people that either came up around the same time you did or right before you get broke in. And now they're on that same power trip and they're going to go through that same thing. And they're going to get that same reality check. But when it comes to black people in indie wrestling, most of us do stick together. And most of us help each other progress. And we always look out for each other. So when it comes to black people not looking out each other for the black community, that may be true. But not in indie wrestling. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because one of the first things I do when I go in an indie locker room, oh, I never met that black person over there before. Oh, we fell in stage information right now. Show ain't even started yet. We fell in stage information right now. Right now. And we're going to talk all the time. Yep. Tevin and I do that same thing. When, we, exactly. when we're at a show, we see, we see some black talent we ain't seen before. Like I said, we make it a point to talk to them. And then as we're standing there, Hey, let's follow. We we gonna follow you on Instagram. We gonna follow you. You know what I'm saying? Like we we gonna follow your Twitter or whatever it is that you on because that's the only way we gonna make it. Yeah, uniting and and communicating with each other and having each other's back. That's the only way any 
any of us are going to make it anywhere near the top of the food chain. And not only just communicating and having each other's back, but when somebody make it, leaning back, you know, reaching back and pulling the next person up with you. Right, right, right. Because um, what was it? Somebody somebody asked Stone Cold Steve Austin on his podcast, how come there's not any more black world champions or black WWE champions? And in his opinion, he feels like it's not enough. It might He might feel like it's not enough in a company at that time when he said it, but nowadays, it's, I feel like it's enough of us on the indies and it's enough of us that's signed that we should be able to we should be able to come up in wrestling. And once upon a time, Eli Daniel said that wrestling is a big ass competition. It really doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Like like you said, Jordan, if we're all united, we don't have to compete. And to be honest, if one person make it, we all technically make it. If everybody yeah. stick together and one person just make it, we all make it. That person might not get all of us signed, but they could pass down knowledge, and we could pass that down to somebody else. Everybody isn't meant to get signed. But what if what if John Doe over here is my homeboy, and he gets signed, and I don't, but he passed that knowledge down to me, and I pass that down to another Rick, and they get signed. What if I'll just put on Earth just to help somebody else? Because that that's a that happens. That's a thing for a lot of people. Everybody be trying to compete for certain spots, and it's nonsense. It's it's nonsense. What if you wasn't meant to make it? What if you was meant to help somebody else get to the next step? Because that's that's how the that's how that's how the world works out. Look at the look at the NBA from before everybody started getting super teams. So. When a Cel- How did the Celtics win all these championships? They had a good team. All right. They got some new. They started getting new people. And the veterans would just pass that knowledge down to them. And then by the time their prime comes around and the veterans retire, they take over. They compete. They win. And then they do the same thing. Now you got a franchise with like nearly 20 championships. Same thing for the Lakers. We can do that same thing in wrestling. We could literally do that same thing in wrestling. We be united because it's supposed to be a brotherhood anyway. At least that was what I was told. Yeah. We be united. We stick together. And if one person make it, we all make it. That's um so everybody loves the movie Notorious with um Notorious B.I.G.'s life. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I feel like that went over everybody's head. Was when Biggie and his uh and his homeboy, they was um they've been interrogated on who that gun belonged to when they both got busted, and that cop was like, "This gun belongs to one of y'all. One of y'all is going to jail. Somebody better fess up, or you both going." And when that cop said, "You got sixty seconds to decide," and he walked out that door, the light skinned dude told Biggie, he was like, "Look, man, I'm gonna take the charge." And Chris was like, "Nah." He was like, look here, you got a talent. You can rap. You can go somewhere with that. He said, look, if you get some, if you make it with that talent, we all make it. So I'm going to take this charge. 
and you got to make it. You got to make this happen. I feel like that went over a lot of people's head. And when that happened, dude got out of jail, probably like a lump sum year later. Chris didn't forget about him. He didn't forget about Chris. And they were still boys after that. And they just kept on rocking. They kept on rocking like he never left. And when dude got out of jail, he went on no stupid shit no more. And he knew once he got out of jail and once Biggie made it, everybody knew they could no longer be on that stupid shit, on that dope boy shit. They had to leave that shit alone. So anybody that's still stuck around afterwards, they got money legally after that. So when Biggie made it, they all literally made it. That same thing can happen in wrestling. That same thing can happen in wrestling. If everybody didn't have egos, if one friend make it out of like 15, that whole crew makes it. Maybe not literally, but in a way, everybody made it. That's it, man. That's that's the only way we can look at it from this point. You know what I mean? If as, As long as we keep supporting our own, as long as we keep Promoting our own, we're we're gonna see even more of us getting to where they deserve to be. You know what I mean? It's it's not a hard concept, but a lot of people like to make it seem hard, right? And that's that's the part that'll trip you out so bad. You know what I mean? Just let's just support each other. If we just support. Let's stop asking for support from outside of us and outside of our community. Let's just start supporting each other because eventually they're going to take notice. You know what I mean? These these companies, these major companies, even these indie companies, they're going to take notice if we support each other. You know, that's 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 the Mark and our boys mission. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to show support for our people because you never know who's going to pay attention. You never know who's going to see this video and say, oh, that Brandon Wiley dude is smart as hell. Let me go look him up. Let me go figure out about him. Let me see if I can book him. You feel me? You don't know who's going to listen to the podcast and say, oh, the Mark and Al boys love Baron Black. Okay, let me go see what Baron Black is about. Oh, let me go see what Mike Cobb is about. Let me go see what Cassandra Golden is about because they love him. Or they love her. You know what I mean? Right. So I I think we're getting there. Tevin, what do you think? Do you think we're getting there? Do you think slowly as- but surely? I think I think we're progressing. I think we're progressing. And we just gotta continue to march forward. We gotta continue uh fighting, we gotta continue speaking and for lack of a better term, wrestling, you know. And um, rest- go ahead. In wrestling, we're progressing slowly, but surely. It may not feel like it, but we're slowly progressing. Like we might, our generation might not get that far, but the next generation is watching, and you never know how far they're going to go. I want to, since we're talking about that, and before we close out, let me see if I can find it. There's a black wrestler. I want to say from Georgia, who just got signed to MLW. Like it just got announced today. Hmm. 
Interesting. Fuck, I cannot find it. Interesting. I, I didn't see nor hear nothing about it. I've seen it like maybe 10 minutes before we started. Like it just got announced like an hour ago, maybe. So it's, you know, Lord, two hours rather. So um, I cannot think of his name, but I'm we're going to be posting about it on our Instagram and our Twitter and all of that. So y'all know exactly who we're talking about, what we're talking about. By the time this video comes out, we'll be done posting it. So y'all already know what's happening. Yeah, man. I we're we're doing. I think I think the micro community of black wrestlers, especially in the South, I see it. I do. I I see it coming together. I see it forming. I see I see the vets looking down at at at, at the at the newbies coming in and actually helping, not just shunning the oh you you a rookie you you a greenhorn whatever they want to say. The the black veterans do a good job of that. I've right. I've been noticing that they do a great great job of that, and it's it's my hope, Tevin. I guess I'll speak for you too. It's our hope that you know we can do our small part in giving y'all the platform and and showcasing y'all, and hopefully getting y'all somewhere. You know what I mean? Because yeah. We support the hell out of all of y'all, man. You already know that. Definitely. That's not right, nothing you right. don't know. But, you know, in general, I felt like that needed to be said. <laughs> but, hey, great conversation, gentlemen. Uh, follow Brandon. You'll probably have to go back and check where all the social media was. Uh, but I'll put his links and stuff in the description and all that. Make sure you following me and Tevin, the Marking mm-hmm. Out Boys Journey, Instagram and Twitter at Marking Out Boys. Follow me personally, Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Jordan Terrell. Follow Tevin on Instagram at PPD22, Twitter PPD underscore 22. Did I get it right this time? Yes, sir. You got it right. Bet. Uh, if you want to book Brandon Watley, reach out to him. Facebook, Brandon Watley, Twitter, B Watley 92, I think he said. Yeah, that's uh, on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Twitter. And, oh, yeah. And for the ones that strictly use email, WatleyBrandon92 at gmail.com. WatleyBrandon92 at gmail.com. For all you email promoters out there, you just want to email and, and do it that way. Yeah, um, that's for the that's for the corporate folks. Ain't nothing wrong with being corporate. Oh, yeah, that's that, for the corporate that, folks out there. Oh, there, there we go. Okay, all you corporate folks out there. Yeah, AEW. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because y'all, because y'all, y'all yeah, been doing you, good about booking this black talent. We got yeah, some more yeah. black talent. Y'all need to be booking AEW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any. I, I know somebody that worked for a major company might see this. So if you see that, that's my email. WatleyBrandon92 at gmail.com. I know how you corporate people work. Email strictly. Strictly. When they told me that's how you got it, that's how you get on that Booker T show. I was like, wait a minute. If that's how you get on that Booker T show, that's how you get on everywhere right. for the major promotion. Oh, yeah. And I also have a YouTube channel, uh, Brandon Watley92. Not together though, like Brandon. Space, there's a gap right there. Watley 92. So you tap that in on YouTube and you'll find my YouTube channel. 
The last thing that's going to be loaded up is the triple threat tag match. Hey. From New Era at that. From nice. New Era. Yeah. So, from hey. New from New Era featuring featuring a Lucha tag team, me and Pryor, and a left hand pal. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. When is yeah. that getting uploaded? I want to watch it. It's already up. It's is already it? oh, uploaded. Okay. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to put it on my that's stories. A, Hold on. Yeah, I'm going to put it on my you, stories. You ain't saying nothing but a word, dog. Yeah. Let me, go, that's the, let me go find this right now. That that was the last match that I, have in, that I had in front of a live crowd. Towers and Silva on one team, me and Pryor, and you had uh, King Garuda, or Greta, I can never say his name right, and Takuri. They call themselves Kicks and Flips now. Oh shit! Yeah, I remember that. Oh remember shit! I yeah, yeah. We so, had I'm two a, triple threat tasks with them. It was one match with the left hand pal, and another triple threat match, probably like two to three months before that, with uh, Ace and Ace Haven and Robbie, Robbie Vine. Mm. Oh, and me and Par had a um, we had a regular tag match with the um, with the Lucha guys too, to Curry and King Gruda. Yeah. Yeah, those those matches was fun. I'm gonna post a match on my stories. Okay, yeah, yeah. I found it too. So, so, we- so for y'all, <laughs> so for y'all people that's just regular regular fans that just like to watch indie wrestling, check out my YouTube channel, Brandon Watley ninety two. All the links gonna, are gonna, gonna be posted, y'all. Yeah, you're gonna see some good stuff. For some reason, I have not learned how to just. Get a link to YouTube and put it somewhere. Oh, I did and forgot about it. I don't. I I don't know, but I'm I'm y'all are smart enough to find it. Y'all are smart enough to me. For those of y'all that's just watching, you want to check out some stuff. You're you're smart enough to find it. Yeah, I I just found it. Just like and I'm like no bull. As soon as we finish, I'm watching it. Yeah, that like sounds that sounds like my kind of man. Like it's queued up on my phone and everything. So dude. Dude, we had man, I had so fun in that match. Yeah, that match. Let's see, I got I got a singles match with Smooth in there, some or two of them really. I got two singles remember, matches with Big Smooth in there. I remember um, one of them. Hmm. My most view, my most viewed match is my singles with Pryor, which is crazy. Mm. We had a singles match at Pro South. No, this this wasn't even a few. This was just. Hey, y'all just y'all just go out there and just have a good match. That's my most viewed match. It's I me and Julius Pryor. Yeah, it's got Man. like eight hundred views or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Last yeah. time I checked, it was at eight oh six. Yeah, that popped up. It, I think yeah. that was the one that popped up when I typed in your name. That one oh. popped up. It's like eight hundred views or something. Oh yeah, my god, bro! That's that that's crazy. I got matches with him, Big Smooth, Tad Matt. Multiple tag matches with the left hand pal and multiple combinations of the left hand pal. Yeah, um, like, I got multiple singles. <laughs> yeah, multiple it, singles yeah. matches with Ben Buchanan. That was a lot of fun for mm. people that just like to watch hard hitting matches. Oh well, Ben Buchanan, me and Trevor Eon, Brandon Wilder versus over? Ben Buchanan, Texas Bull Rope match. Yeah, dude, that match was so much fun. It was yeah, so much right fun. There. That was so much fun. But then two dudes want to come and ruin it. Oh, I'm and then we had a, and then we, and then we had a and then we had a tag <laughs> up against them. And it's like, how dare you come ruin this bull rope match? Like, 
That's the one and only bull road match I ever had. Like, how dare you come ruin that? It, it was Wicked Nemesis and his crew. Like, how dare y'all come ruin that? How dare y'all? How dare y'all? How dare y'all? So when Pro South Wrestling comes back, I still got unfinished business with them. Will Huckabee, Alex Kane. I got unfinished business with all of them for for different reasons. Um, who else? Who else have I had a match with? Yeah, let's see. Two matches with Trevor, Smooth, Pryor, Team with Pryor, um, shoot, Sean Christopher, Kevin Ryan. Was it you and Sean at the at the Pro South show we went to? Was yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Cause yeah, I, yeah. I remember telling Tevin like that was probably my favorite match that night. Yeah, yeah. And what's crazy is so when me and Sean first started wrestling at Pro South, we end up we we end up tagging because we was two rookies. And what was going on was you had the bitter veteran, you had the bitter vets. They didn't like that younger talent was coming up winning all the titles, so they was mad about it. So then they started picking on me and Shane, and we were just rookies, and we was two singles dudes. And at the time, Shane was a ring announcer, and he was transitioning from a ring announcer to a wrestler. So that was crazy. He was transitioning from a ring announcer to a wrestler. The veterans was bullying him and me. So then we teamed up. Then we took them out. Then won the tag belts, dominate the tag division. And then one day I said, fuck this tag team and turn heel. Then we had our own little feud. So the story made in wrestling happen. Yeah. <laughs> so so when y'all came to Pro South 500. That was that that was classic B Watt and Shane. We was known as the Greenhorn Militia. Why I did we agree that, to why did we agree to that why did we agree to that name? I don't know, but it is what it is. We got a lot of backlash for it, but fuck it, man. It, it's just wrestling. Gotta have fucking fun. Gotta have yeah, fun, it, man. If you ain't having fun, you doing it wrong. Yeah, it, it's just wrestling. They're calling themselves Greenhorn Militia, so they're telling people they're Greenhorns, but duh, because we were rookies, right? And we knew that, Boy. and we and we knew that shit wasn't gonna last long, so we was we were just sticking with that until further notice. And then if we ever end up tagging again for in the long run, it will be a different name. I'm hoping we'll keep Militia, but it won't be Greenhorn because it's it's been like three, four years later now, so we ain't Greenhorns no more, right? But no, I doubt no, we'll ever – yeah, but I doubt we'll ever tag, like, long-term tag team because now he got Kevin Ryan. I got Pryor. That's that's a match that I'm, try, I'm trying to find a way to get that match set up. Has that never just, happened anywhere? That has never happened anywhere. We are never – the four of us are never booked at the same place at the same time. Oh, Tevin, we might have to put in some calls or yeah, something. Yeah, we might have to. You know, yeah. <laughs> we might have and, to – Send some messages out and see because I yeah. want to see that shit. That's yeah. the match I want to see. Yeah, and see when me when me and Pryor first started teaming that new era, and then other and you know people started paying attention. Other place, a few other places started hitting us up, and we're like, "Yo, we got a team at Pro South," because now Sheen and Kevin is there. But anytime the four of us at Pro South at the same time, you know it's other stuff going on, other storylines going on. And then all of a sudden, poof, something happens with prior schedule. Um, Kevin probably got to go to class. Something happens with Sheen. Um, 
my job might be like, hey, we're putting you on second shift. Some shit happens, and everything right. just everything just goes to shit. But yeah, that's never happened, and I would like for it to happen. I I even had a talk with Sheen about it. I was like, hey, Sheen, can you please find a way to get Kevin to be here on a weekly basis? So somehow when we get Priory back through that though, the four of us can have a match, me and Priory and y'all two. She's like, oh, oh hell yeah, we we need to make that happen. His eyes got big as shit. Like, yeah, we need to make that shit happen. That like that does need to happen. It's just conflicted schedules. And whenever we're the four of us at the same place at the same time, it's pro south, but other stuff is going on. So you just gotta go with the flow at pro south. But I don't know what these other uh promotions are, are doing and they just I don't know what they're doing either but listen that's a tag team match I pay to see for real for real like that that ain't even me just like trying to sell some shit I would pay to come and see that match because the four of y'all are crazy fucking talented so yeah I pay to go see Tevin. We 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 might need to send out some messages, see what we can do. See, damn right. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that's the that that's that's one out of two tap matches that I'm itching to have is that and a Stermination Squad, which is Trevor and Silver. Mm-hmm. So if we could, we'll see what we can do. We'll see if so, we can put something together. If me and Park can somehow have those two tag matches, then, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be satisfied. But I'll be glad when wrestling comes back in general. It's on the way. Thank you. It's goodness. on the way. We got something to look forward to, <laughs> and it's y'all on... got something to look forward to because of this fantastic conversation that we have had, man. Yeah, right, Brandon. Thank you so much for doing this, bro. Like it means the world to us that you that you would do this with us and launch this whole thing off mm-hmm. with us. It, it it really it really does mean a lot to me and Tevin that you would do this because we've been trying to get this shit done for a while. Like we've been trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to get you. You know what I mean? Like you and I talk all the time about how the fuck we gonna get this podcast. Yeah, like, we got yeah, me. And you me and you were talking happen. about it. Yeah, Me and like you was talking about it. Always like, how the fuck we gonna make this happen? How we gonna get? We finally made it happen. We are gonna get you on the regular podcast yeah. too to just talk more wrestling shit. Yeah, because um, when I when I seen that y'all had a channel and y'all was like doing stuff, I was like, do they not do a podcast? Like they need to do that. And then when that when all that bullshit with Amy went down, and I'm like, bro, you telling me that all these all these people. Is gonna share that negative bullshit, but never wanna, you know, have some type of positive um podcast and whatnot. Then I and and that's when I thought about y'all and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, wait a minute. They want to do a podcast, but they haven't got there yet. Let's see if we can make some shit happen. We finally made that shit happen, bro. <laughs> we finally got it. Like I said, we're going to get you on the regular podcast just to chop it up more about wrestling, too. But, hey, thank you so much for joining us, Brandon. Hey, it, thank y'all for having me. It means the world. Y'all go follow Brandon. If you're a promoter, go book Brent. Hey, Cody. Book Brandy. him. Book him or you'll regret it. Cody, Brandy, listen, y'all do a great job booking black talent. We appreciate it. We got some more for y'all to book. 
I, and oh. I'm gonna make sure to tag the fuck out of AEW. <laughs> oh, oh, Cody, if you're watching this, remember the seminar you had at WWE four in the summer of 2017. It was like close to the fourth of July. Um, remember all those matches that was super long? I was the one that didn't have the super long match. That 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 was me. That was me. I'm I'm the one that had the short match where I beat up the where I beat on the dude's leg. That was me. That was that that was me. So. If, remember that. I hope you remember that. <laughs> somebody going to see it. Some, somebody going to see that. this and, and be like, oh, shit, Brent. Yeah. So I hope. get on y'all shit, yo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cody, and another thing. If you remember a short dude that's like five foot seven that had a throw up to here and it was crooked and he wasn't comfortable with wrestling, but you worked out with him, that's Julius Pryor. That's my tag partner. So, yeah, we was both there at the same time. Why was he not comfortable wrestling? I don't know, but we was both there. Hit us up, please. <laughs> I'm tagging the fuck out of AEW just because of all that. I'm tagging the fuck out of man, AEW in this video, man. And all and all the black folks that I named, with the exception with the exception of Cassandra, because she was still in Arkansas at the time. They was at that seminar too. Trevor, Aaron Black, uh, dang, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Nah, Silver wasn't there. But I know it was like eight homies that was there. It was like eight of the homies out there. I can't think of it right now. That's James Hardy about some, that because he remember all that. We're going to make some shit happen, though. We're going to put some shit together yeah. and see if we can make some shit happen because, like I said, y'all are too talented to not be everywhere. You feel me? And we're wrestling now coming back. These promoters that are looking to, to, to get their rosters right and get shit together. Hey, it's perfect time. To start booking all this black talent that we're talking about and the black talent that we're gonna have on the show every whenever we decide to do it, to be real with you. I don't know what we decided on yet. But make sure y'all following Brandon. Brandon, I almost said Brandy. See, she on my mind. <laughs> I got yeah. Make sure y'all following Brandon. Promoters, book Brandon. You'll more than likely get the marking out boys at the show if you book Brandon Wiley. Um, yeah, man, thank y'all for joining this first episode of Black, Black, Black Wrestling United. If I can speak, we'll be all right. Black Wrestling United. <laughs> Black you Wrestling to, United. You need it now, Jordan. You've been up too long. Man, lit. that's what it is. You need it now. You've been up too long. Oh Bruh. yeah, and for, and for y'all fan, for y'all fans that's watching this, that's been wondering when I was gonna get toy nunchucks. I got some. They in a trunk right now. So hey. whenever I'm at your, whenever I'm at your show, come see me for them toy nunchucks so your kids can have some. I'm Just don't let them hit the toddlers for with some. For me, I ain't fucking <laughs> kids. I want. I'm, some. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get some. <laughs> <laughs> fuck them kids not fuck y'all kids for real come on <laughs> you know but yeah man thank you brandon hey, thank y'all for watching man. hey we out of this piece man we're right, up out of here